Matt Bonaparte and Valentine locked on Syracuse time. What's more likely football edition? We did basketball yesterday, football today. It's on locked on Syracuse. It is right now. Our locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Matt Bonaparte and Valentine with you on Lockdown Syracuse. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get those podcasts that you listen to. We're talking what's more likely in the realm of Syracuse football. Yesterday we were talking Chris Bunch, Justin Taylor, Jimmy B. And now we're talking Sean Tucker, Garrett Schrader, Dino B. Uh, so let's get right into it, Mr. Owen. First one for you. Is Syracuse's defense ranked higher than 80th or Syracuse's offense ranked higher than 80th? Last year, Syracuse's defense was ranked 65th best, tied for best under the Dino Babers era, which was 2018, the other time they did that. Uh, And then last year, Syracuse's offense was ranked 92nd in the country. Uh, Obviously, not even close to as good as they were as in that 2018 season. They were ranked 11th in the country, which even staggered me when I read that. Totally forgot about that. I mean that no one's touching eleventh right now, at least with uh with these pieces. Maybe a couple years from now you could bring some stuff in. But I think when we look at 80th and 80th, it's a tough one for me. I almost want to say both, uh, but I'm gonna go with the offense because they went 92nd last year. And I mean they they struggled, especially in the air. Uh, you know, thankfully Sean Tucker was able to salvage a lot in terms of the running game and get that number up a little bit. But I do think with you know some new looks, some new uh an air raid offense could be uh, a picture that's put in here a little bit more passing to sort of, you know, workload Sean Tucker a little bit load management, a little bit, keep him a little bit more efficient. I think that's going to help the offense flow a lot more. And I don't think 12, a 12 spot jump from last year's struggles uh, is too difficult. And I don't think that's too far out of the picture. Whereas I think the defense might struggle to put up some numbers like they did last year or have a little bit of the same effectiveness that they might have last year. Uh, So I'm going to go with the offense just because I think I look at perspective and I see 92 last year with all the complaints that I had mentally with the offense, and there have been some fixes. So I think they can make that 12-spot jump and finish above 80th. Yeah, you know, this is tough. Uh, Definitely a tough one. I think that Syracuse over time, I think the offense has been worse than defense in Baber's uh, tenure. I think that he's just struggled more on the offensive side of the ball. But like you say, it could be all different now. I mean, this is another coordinator, third coordinator that Dino brings in and in, in, uh, Robert and I. So is it different? Yeah, it's going to be different, but it, it's going to be Schrader passing the ball in a different way and possibly even more, which I don't think a lot of people realize because I didn't when I went to ACC kickoff and, and Trader basically said, yeah, we're kind of running an air raid offense. You're like, what? Huh? And then, you know, today at the, the press conference, Sean Tucker says, yeah, they're going to pass the ball more and I'm excited about it. So who knows? I still think the defense is going to be ranked higher than 80th, though. I'm going defense here, mostly because I like the veteran leadership on the defense uh, more than I do on the offense right now. 
I just really like Michael Jones. I think that linebacking core is arguably the best in the ACC, maybe outside of NC State, who has Peyton Wilson and Drake Thomas, who are both elite. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the corners, too, and, and the safeties, the secondary is so good. You have Deuce and Garrett, who we're going to get to a little bit later. Uh, and you also have you know Jason Simmons back there uh, and Jihad Carter and so many really good, talented backs. The defensive line is where it gets a little, you know, skeptical because it's Caleb Okachekwu, Steve Linton, and Terry Lockett, who, as Dino Babers told me once, uh, used to be young dogs running around bashing into things in the house, but are now guys who look at you cross-eyed when you walk in the house, whatever that means. Um, I'm going to go defense regardless, and I'm going to say that they they finish maybe 70th. I, I, don't, I don't hate either option here. I won't lie. Uh, I'm going to side with offense. I like that. Uh, I've got to give a shout out before I forget to to Matthew Bergeron because I've seen him getting shouts on Twitter all day, and I think it's only right that we give him a little bit of credit on here. Uh, he started to turn some heads early season. Maybe people are realizing he was flying a little bit under the radar. Uh, I know Jim Nagy tweeted out about how he was sort of under the radar. Babers talked about him in the uh, press conference yesterday. Uh, and I think there was one more where I saw him make like an ACC top five, getting a little bit of recognition. I like what he's doing. I think the offensive line can make a little bit of a jump this year to improve, give a little bit more protection. And I think when you look at what uh, what Robert and A can do, or Robert and I can do as an offensive coordinator, I think if you put someone in motion here and there, if you throw to a tight end, like yeah. little simple things that really just pull a guard, yeah. considered last year, yeah. I think that's something that can really help make a little bit of a jump. And as I was saying, a 12-spot jump uh, compared to what really wasn't happening last year, I do not think is too hard to pull off. Uh, and at the same thing, I think the defense can operate at a clip that's top 80 as well. I might go and say I, I'm not picking, and I know that's the opposite of this game, and just say both will finish top 80 uh, and see how my cards play out. That'd be crazy. I would love that. Um, all right, next one. Does this offense have 15 receiving touchdowns or 35 rushing touchdowns? Last year, Syracuse had 10 receiving touchdowns and 28 rushing touchdowns. I I said rushing touchdowns when we were planning these. I'm going to audible here. Wow. Um, yeah, I just talked about the offense. I'm going to stay talking about the offense in terms of the passing can help. I'm going to 15 receiving touchdowns. I think if you can tell me, they, as a unit, that these receivers get five more receiving touchdowns than last season. I don't think that's absurd given what was happening. Uh, I think you can start to see these guys getting those reps. As we said, we're going to repeat it now because I love the fact that we're coming to the realization that Garrett Schrader called this a air raid offense. Uh, so they're going to throw the ball. They're going to look to pass. Sean Tucker today said that they're going to start to really pass the ball more. And I think that includes Sean Tucker getting a couple more reps uh, screen passes, quick outs, things of that nature. Uh, I think it's going to get them that bump that they need to get to 15 receiving touchdowns, which is not by any means anything you know, extraordinary. But I do think this year, uh, with a little bit more confidence in Schrader, Schrader's starting to figure some things out a little bit, uh, the new offensive look, the new schemes, being able to mix some new looks in there with you know, a core that comes back for a decent amount of things offensively, right? You're bringing back a lot of the main pieces. I think Dino also said today that if Schrader and Sean Tucker are the only two that make big plays, then he's fine with that. Uh, I think other people are going to find their time. Other people are going to get their spots. And I think that brings the receivers into play here. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think the same thing pretty much. I mean, 
I think this is, might be the easiest one on the list. I, I think you got to hit the 15 receiving touchdowns here. Like you said, because the offense is changing in that direction. And we saw them go through an entire season of pretty much leaning on the rush and teams beating them because they would shut down any passing lane possible and force them to run pretty much. Or the other way was forcing them to pass uh, by neutralizing Tucker, stacking the box and forcing Schrader to use his arm and watching him throw pick after pick or just terrible read after terrible read and incompletion after incompletion. So if they can kind of structure an offense that plays towards Schrader's uh, th- wow, say Schrader's strengths five times fast. That that's tough. Um, if they can find a, a an offense that that played his strengths in the air, it changes the game, and you definitely hit that fifteen number. I will say he only had nine last year. It was Devito that had one. Yeah, I want to you know change this up a little bit hypothetically. If this was fifteen receiving versus thirty rushing, would that change your answer? No, I think because I think they're going to have, have to less. be twenty five. Yeah, I think they're going to have less rushing touchdowns just because they can't lean on Tucker all year again. I mean, like they don't have the offense for that. So I just I think it would have to be maybe 25. Yeah, 35 is ambitious, but you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to bump them up. All right, let me read a quick little ad here if you want to place bets on some lines this year maybe go to betonline.net it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs find all your favorite sports and events with the number one online source for odds lines and games find reviews and news of every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All righty. It is Matt Bonaparte. It is Owen Valentine here on Locked On Syracuse. We're talking what's more likely for Syracuse football. And here's my favorite one Syracuse goes positive in ACC play or goes winless in ACC play. Now, before you were screaming, of course, it's winless in ACC play. I obviously think that there's a better chance Syracuse is under 500 in ACC play than over 500 in ACC play. I obviously think that. And I think anybody with a brain probably would because Syracuse has a tough, tough schedule this season. But I don't think they go winless. I think that there's almost no shot that they go winless because here, I'm going to run you through it right now. You've got Louisville. That is probably the hardest of the winnable games. To start the year and start ACC play, you probably play the hardest of winnable games inside ACC play. Um, it's it, They're a good team. They have a good quarterback and some good players, but it's a winnable game inside the JMA Dome for the new freshmen who are going to be acclimated to this program for the first time ever. I, think, I don't think Virginia's a win. I don't think NC State or Clemson are wins. But I'll tell you what, I think they have a shot at Pitt. I think they have a shot at FSU. And I think they have a shot at Boston College. Now, that doesn't make them positive. They'd have to beat like Virginia or pull a crazy upset against Clemson. But I don't know, man. Like, this is so tough. What do you think? I, I think this is like uh, we're trying to I just to don't take... think there's a chance they go winless. 
It's like we're trying to take Harvey Dent's uh, Two-Face coin and trying to flip <laughs> tails here. You just can't get yeah. a winner. Uh, it's tough. I mean, how are you arguing either one? I think I'm going to say more likely that they go winless. But it, as but you were saying, they, like they it's – win one. Right. It's It's tough. I mean, I like that, you know, we can take this four-week stretch from NC State to Pittsburgh with Clemson and Notre Dame in between and just not even look at that for this conversation. Dude, but when you do look, you look at Louisville, you look at Virginia, you look at Florida State, Wake Forest, BC, they're winnable. Even when they went one and ten, they won a conference game. Like, yeah, that was a bad Duke, though, wasn't it? No, it was Georgia Tech. It's a good game. Oh, Tommy DeVito carved up Georgia Tech. They, oh man, you're right. Well, they don't have Georgia Tech this year. No, that's a problem. But uh, I mean, I, this is tough. How, how do you find? I mean, but this to be is... fair, they won two conference games last year, and they didn't really have a cupcake conference game either. I mean, a Virginia Tech yeah. team that wasn't great that they kind of battled it out with, and then that Boston College victory that some people could contend should have been a loss. I mean, outside of that, like four minute stretch in which they scored twenty one points. Um. But hey, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah, I just uh, yeah, this is. A, this I don't is know. A it's hard to make a decision. It's a fade. Them finishing above five hundred in ACC play, I think, is what it is. They're <laughs> bad choices. This is this this question's tough. We just said the last one was too easy by but, like, know, ten rushing touchdowns. Too easy was our last one. <laughs> this <laughs> one's impossible. How are you picking? Neither of them are that likely by any stretch. Uh, we were they... saying this. We were running through before. <laughs> You're like, Florida State's awful. That's an easy win. But, you know, it's not the same thing that they say down there. The same with all these <laughs> other teams in the ACC so that are looking through Dude, their Florida schedule. Florida State is definitely in that schedule being like, Syracuse is a dub. That's a dub. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are, like, arguing through. Yeah, there's one. But you know one what? is I'm staying you know, positive. incredibly I'm going... different than five ACC wins. I'm going to stay positive just because. I think there's no way they go winless. I don't think they go winless. I don't think it happens. It, when we say positive, is that but is it five more likely? Yeah, they are you saying five, five and three, three when you say positive? No, they can't do. They can't go five and three. But the they're not going to go win. I guess the I guess that by default that makes it more likely they will be winless. But I just don't think they'll True. be winless. I would even All say right. five hundred. Switch that word from positive to five hundred. And then there's a switch. Chance. I don't know. If you it's, switch it to 500, I would pick 500, I think. I, I think that switches it. Positive is. Because then I could find a way to get to 500. Wins. I could point at the wins for 500. I could not for positive. Yeah. I'm going to say if it's 500, I'm taking that. If not, I'm saying winless. All right. We're moving on. Uh, Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut combined for six INTs or the linebackers combined for 17 sacks. Now, last year, Syracuse as a team only had four interceptions. Three of those came from Deuce Chestnut. Zero came from Garrett Williams. So Garrett Williams would start having to pull his weight there. Uh, And last season, the linebackers combined for 15 sacks. So they'd have to bump that up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to go linebackers here. I think this one's cut and dry for me. I think Schrader, I mean, excuse me, I think Williams and Chestnut could do it. And they, they, there's a good chance they do it, but I think that I would bet on the linebackers going over that because I think they're so good and they're only getting better. Like, and Michael Jones had three last year. I know he's not necessarily uh, in the backfield guy, but 
Stefan Thompson and Marlowe Wax are, uh, and I can see them just absolutely obliterating quarterbacks because they're kind of in need because uh, the defensive line isn't going to be what it was last season. So you're going to need those linebackers to show up. I like your take. Uh, I have a little bit more faith in Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut. You know, you said it. You know, four interceptions as a team last year, three of them from Deuce. I will give them a little bit more credit, right? We said Garrett Williams gets no interceptions last year. He had 10 pass breakups. Give him a little bit of a, a redeeming stat there. Don't just completely torch him. He had nine, uh, yeah. Six is tough. Was it nine? Yep. Did I read wrong? Can I not read a but nine eight, versus a 10? 18 over two years, which I think is one of the best in the ACC of active players. So yeah. he's been incredible. It's 10. I'm sticking by it. Okay. Unless I'm reading the stat wrong. Um, it was a nine? Either way. I, I think we <laughs> stick with that. Uh, I'll stick with my point here. I think they they are going to grow, especially too. You've seen the jumps and start to see what they can figure out from year one to year two. These aren't quite your your big big dogs that are figuring it out now that they're you know they haven't quite figured out how to stop running into things and bumping around and now they're calm and going to be like that analogy. But these are maybe show dogs that are starting to be trained and really starting to figure out that finesse. When you look at what they're pulling off, I think they're both going to continue to grow, continue to improve. And I think that can come with six interceptions between the two of them. I mean, Deuce Chestnut did his part last year. I think he can pick the ball off three times a piece between these two. When you look at these guys, when you look at these names, you're so excited to see them, you know, come back and continue to run that spot and, you know, be the defensive dogs that they are really. And, you know, break pass breakups, whatever, just get in people's face. Don't even get the ball thrown at you, whatever it may be. They're doing well. Uh, I think they're going to make that final little jump. I like hearing what I'm hearing about Garrett Williams uh, early on in the season, the leader he's become. Uh, Dino Babers says he he doesn't know what makes a leader, but he knows what makes a cake. Uh, that was a quote from today. Uh, Garrett Williams is a leader. I think with Deuce Chestnut by his side that they're going to pull this one off. Uh, I'll roll with the six interceptions. Once again, not a knock at the linebackers on this one. Uh, I think you bring up a lot of great points about their experience as well. Uh, I'm just going to go with the six. Uh, I'm a big interception fan. Not that I have anything against sacks, but I do, uh, you know, prefer the turnovers here. So I'll roll with them. Okay. Uh, audio listeners, you're going to hear an ad right now. Video listeners, good for you. You're staying with us. Um, my, I think this is also one of my favorite ones on the list. Justin Lampson starts a game for Syracuse in the future, or Carlos Del Rio Wilson Wilson. Wilson, yes. Starts three seasons. I always mix it up. I want to say Williams, but it's Wilson. Starts three seasons for Syracuse. Um, This one, okay, let me take you through this. Syracuse currently has six quarterbacks on the roster. Five of them, count them one, two, three, four, five, are redshirt freshmen, which is insane. Uh, I feel like Luke McPhail has been there for 20 years. I thought Luke McPhail and I got to Syracuse at the same time. Somehow, he's a redshirt freshman. Um, so you got Luke McPhail as a redshirt freshman. Carlos Arreo is a redshirt freshman. Then Morgan, Valari, Lampson, they're all redshirt freshmen. As we all know, uh, the new recent news on Lampson is that he is out for the year. That was today's news. If you're listening to this Wednesday morning, it's yesterday's news. Um Babers said in the press conference he ain't playing this year. So the question basically is, 
Because, you know, you've heard this hype about Lampson, right? In the spring, he played incredibly well. Everyone was like, oh, this kid actually can play. We didn't. We haven't seen him play very much. Morgan's the only guy we've seen play in the one in ten year. Um, so, is it going to be Lampson or is it going to be Carlos Del Rio Wilson that that plays? And and the other fold in the Carlos Del Rio, Rio Wilson one is he'd have to outplay Schrader because Schrader is the quarterback next year on paper, right? So he'd have to uproot Schrader's job next season, which I don't see happening. So I'm taking Lampson. Okay, so you're going process of elimination here. I'm similar. Uh, I I like Lampson to start a game. I think you know we we bring up last spring uh, or this spring technically still 2022. Uh, you bring up the spring and sort of seeing what he did in in the spring game. I think he was like seven for ten with 130 and it's great you know, two touchdowns or something like that. Really efficient. Looked good. Uh, and he was getting. I'm pretty sure he was splitting, not completely splitting, but taking a good chunk of first team reps in the spring as well which was a good sign for for what they thought of him, what he was doing uh, on the field, in games, thing like that, or in scrimmages like that. So to see that sort of you know credit that he's getting was nice. Uh, I'm not going to say he's a starter by any means, but I do think, and I'll, I'll tip the cap to uh, Brent Axe, who threw out the, the injury clause today, and I'm going to roll with that um, because he was talking about how important the backup is for Syracuse given quarterback history. Uh, in injuries and sure. you know not season ending or but but I'm going to give the Justin Lampson will start a game because someone else isn't but not necessarily if, because he's won a starting yeah, role I think that's what I'm going with as well but not only for injuries but in the history of Syracuse I mean 2018 Tommy DeVito came in and saved Eric Dungey on a couple of accounts and that's yeah. kind of why everybody was like okay this kid's the future and we can all trust him and then obviously that was true yeah, the NC State and UNC, he comes in and saves the day both times. So it's a thing. And that was in a quarterback situation where Dungy was unequivocally the starter. Even after yeah. those games, I don't think there was a voice out there saying he shouldn't have been. And he goes down in history as one of the greatest leaders in Syracuse football history. Uh, and DeVito definitely doesn't. So in Syracuse's quarterback room in, in the history, especially under Dino Babers, you know, everybody has to be ready to start. Uh, yeah, last year that was evident. Of course, Schrader came in looking for the job and he ended up getting it. Uh, DeVito transfers, whatever. But, you know, like you said, injuries. Think about Clayton Welch, how he had a game. Uh, he had that touchdown down the sideline to Taj on his first, that first play. First play. Took the snap. I'll never forget that. Took the snap like 97 yards. Bang. I was like, oh. Perfect um, QBR. Yeah. And then I don't think he played very well after that. But Clayton, good player for that one play. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to take Lampson as well. Okay, let's move on. Sean Tucker goes for 1,800 scrimmage yards, or Garrett Schrader rushes for 15 tutters. Uh, Sean Tucker had 1,751 yards last season. Schrader had 14 rushing touchdowns. I think I'm going to go Tucker scrimmage yards because he's going to get more receptions this season per se. Uh, because what is Syracuse, their offense is get the ball into that Sean Tucker man's hands uh, and let him do whatever he wants with it. That's how they score points. So I think that's going to take away from Schrader rushing touchdown opportunities and give a lot to Sean Tucker reception opportunities, which means 
he's going to have a lot more receiving yards. I don't think the rushing yards are going to deplenish or deplete that much for Tucker. I don't think you're going to get nearly 1,500 out of him again, maybe 1,300 if he's lucky. But uh, scrimmage yards, I'm going to go Tucker here. I like your rationale a lot. I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, Schrader to get to 15 rushing touchdowns is a huge ask, uh, especially with you know the increase in passing that has been talked about, that we've talked about two, three times throughout. I mean, this episode alone here, I like Sean Tucker getting to 1,800. Neither of these are you know incredibly realistic to happen as a guarantee or to even be you know close to favorites in terms of yes, no, if you were to put a betting line on that. Uh, but I think Tucker going for 1,800 is the more feasible of these two, as you were saying. When it comes to increases in passing, that's going to come to an increase in Sean Tucker getting some dishes out there, uh, some quick little touches, easy touches, end around, anything you want to do. I guess not end around, but uh, getting these little screen passes, quick outs, anything that you can do to get him the ball in a different capacity. Let him use his talents. Let him use you know everything he can do running the ball in a completely different look. I think that's going to get him a bump in receiving yards. He went, what, 250 in terms of receiving yards last year? Something like that. I think he can, you know, maybe. He can get that number to 500. Is it bold to say he can double that? I don't think it's bold. I think he yeah, can double that. Yeah, I think he can double, double that. that. I think think of the Albany game, yards. dude. That yeah. Albany game where he just toasted everybody uh, and put on the burners every time he had the football in his hand. He was fantastic in that game. I think he broke the whatever the record was for combined rushing and receiving yards by a Syracuse player. Uh, he had 121 receiving yards in that game. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So if he can do I, anything I do like close to that. Can like, more than double. I'm looking at numbers yeah. here. I mean, he was, what, a 1.8-ish in terms of receptions per game or something on the like receiving that, end? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, to get the ball into his hands – twice a game, three times a game, uh, more efficiently, even more than three times a game. I, I think you can see those numbers bump. Uh, and that, you know, as you were saying, makes up for, you know, the fact that odds are he doesn't break the rushing record again this year or get to 1550. Yeah. And, you know, that way he drops to, you know, drop 250, get down to three or 1300, 1200. Uh, you can pull it off ish in terms of the receiving that uh, or the receptions and the receiving yards that he'll be able to get. I like that. I think that's our take here. I agree with you on this one for sure. Okay. Last one are three quarterbacks featured on the field this season or are four running backs, not at the same time, just at any point, do you get a total of three quarterbacks during the year or four running backs during the year? That means for me, I think that probably means maybe at some point, Danny Valari comes on for some weird Taysom Hill uh, set and there that you get two right there, and then maybe you get uh Carlos Del Rio Wilson late in the game, or somebody gets hurt or something, uh, and we see someone like that. And then the four running backs would have to be LaQuint Allen. I mean, you have a lot of young running backs this year, right? So you could have a guy like uh Mario Escobar, Jawan Price has been talked about a bit. Dino talked about him at, at ACC kickoff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Escobar, perhaps, Mario and Josh, look at that, they're brothers. Um, and then David Obeng, Agyapong, he exists too. Uh, so maybe you get four of those. I'm going to go quarterbacks, though. I just think it's more feasible. Can you, you know, can we count, like, 
the one fun Chris Elmore rush, even though he's from a fullback <laughs> sure. as a we'll running count back. That. He's an offensive uh, lineman, tight end, fullback. We'll count right? him. How how generous are we? Can we <laughs> can like uh Courtney Jackson end around count as half a Is running Devon back? Is Devon Cooper a running back? Uh, no. I, I don't know how you get four running backs mixed in there, even with the Elmore loophole. Well, the thing uh, is, like last year, I think it happened because you had yeah. like Abdul Adams, Jarvion Howard came back, then you had Cooper Lutz in there. Um, there were so many different guys who ran the ball last year. Uh, and then this year you have so many freshmen, so it's going to be kind of like a scramble to see who's going to be the best freshman, perhaps, but I don't know. You know, let's let's actually mix it. I'll say four running backs. Okay. More likely. I think you it's are, possible. You know, I, I think the Dan Valari loophole is a tight end. Like, I, I, you keep saying it, and I can't cross it off the list of feasibility. And now I know what's going to happen, and you're going to go nuts. So I'm, I'm you're going to loophole <laughs> your way into that. I'm going to say four running backs. Uh, right. I, I think there's there's enough times where, you know, naturally you need to go to running back two. Um, cool. And as running backs take hits, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. Uh, I feel no one goes through running backs like Seattle. Uh, you it's just true. take hit after hit. Chris Carson because just of retired. a struggling. Yeah, it's a struggling offensive line. Syracuse's O line a little bit better this year, but still not you know immaculate by any means. Running backs take hits unless you're Sean Tucker. Uh, I think that gives you the easy three, uh, and then four can happen at some point. I'll go with four running backs, uh, but I, I do right. think both could happen. Uh, very much so, especially when you know the tight end loophole comes in. I respect it. Well, that does it for us today. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today. Go get more on the ACC by making Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC your second listen. That's Lockdown ACC. Um, we'll be back tomorrow. I think Brad makes his return. And then on Friday's episode, you should be very excited because we've got J.P. Estrella coming back on the show. He'll be on his Syracuse visit when we record, so we'll get the lowdown on that. We'll ask him about the cancellation of the Duke trip, and I'll tell him to go to my favorite deli in Syracuse. We will see you then. Peace.